Hi, everybody. Welcome. This is Craig from the University of Applied Research and Development. It is our absolute pleasure to have Fireman Rob here with us. Rob, good to see you. Hey, it's great to see you too as well. Thanks so much for having me. It's absolutely our pleasure. Um, I was just delighted to see your profile, to read what you've been doing. I'd love for you to share with um, our students, our faculty, and the people that will be watching the recording as well, how, you know, how you got into firefighting and some of your experiences, and then we'll move to the foundation you've set up and the work that you do and the speaking in your book. Um, I'm hugely encouraged by what you're doing. So tell us about how it all started. Uh, you know, it's it's been a long journey, as as everybody can probably understand. <laughs> um, everything starts with uh, just you know finding that passion in life. And I went to university and I got a degree in uh, resource management, uh, which is is kind of a funny thing because it's you know it's managing resources in essence people. And uh, inevitably, I got into firefighting. I've been in uh, for about twenty two years now. I actually just got off shift this morning, <laughs> and. Uh, and I've been doing that for 22 years for the city of Madison, Wisconsin. Um, I actually got my emergency management master's degree uh, not too long ago. Congratulations. And, uh, yeah, it's and it's it's been a fantastic journey. I, I did search and recovery after the September 11th attacks. Um, and I've actually been struggling for a long time with uh, p mental health, PTSD and everything. And uh, Around 2000, 2001, uh, the 10th anniversary of September, or 2011, I'm sorry, 10th anniversary of September 11th came around. And I wanted to do something that was impactful, not just through words, because I wasn't really talking much about what I was doing. And I found an Ironman triathlon, which is a 2.4 mile swim, a 112 mile bike, and a 26.2 mile leisurely jog. And uh, <laughs> I was like, you know, I, I want to do something that's impactful. And, um, the best thing I came up with is I was going to do it in my full firefighter gear for the run portion. And I was like, okay, let's, let's try this out. And doing it was the most painful thing I've ever done. But at the same time, it's, it's interesting when you correlate the pain to impact and the pain to healing. Um, and that's kind of trailed on in my life. And now here I am uh, being able to speak around the globe, being able to go and uh, influence individuals and, I've done 20, about 23 full Ironmen and 29 half Ironmen since uh, 2011 in my full gear for all the run portions. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm tired. Are you? <laughs> I'm tired just hearing about it. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's, Rob, that's I just want to ask about that. I mean, doing an Ironman is, mm -hmm. is not only a physical challenge, it's a mental challenge when you hit those wall those wall times where you just feel like you couldn't continue. Not only did you did you do an Ironman physically and mentally, but you did it in your uniform. What was the significance of wearing the uniform? You know, it's 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 a lot about pride and honor, and the the uniform is something that you wear to be able to do your job to the utmost of your abilities, and it's something that is that people uh, signify with you know being a hero. You know, I don't really consider myself a hero, and I, I think a lot of people in the first responder community feel the same way, but it's something that brings power and brings trust and brings security to other people. And for doing the triathlon in it, I, I thought, you know, what better way to have people just be able to visually see something that impacts them and then take away whatever they want. I don't have to say a single word. I don't have to make sure that, hey, you need to think this. 
they see it and they take away something, whether you're a child or you're, you know, in your 90s, you're going to take something away from that moment that hopefully will trail on into something better for yourself as well as the people around you. Mm, mm. So what leads you to set up uh, your foundation and the work that you do speaking and tell us about the book? Yeah. So uh, speaking was, was something that um, it takes time because you have to really find out what your purpose is, what your passion is, because everybody has stories. I mean, you can go to a bar and hear a multitude of stories, but it's all in what those stories can bring to somebody's life. And that's, mm. for me, speaking has been something of kind of dwindling down. Okay, well, how am I here? How am I still alive? And I came up with the seven catalysts and that's where my book comes into play is the, you know, the seven catalysts and it's, I think I've got it. No, I don't have it somewhere over here, <laughs> but uh, um, you know, the seven catalysts that I talk about are, are, you know, purpose. You have to have a purpose and a passion to keep going ownership. Once you can take ownership of that, of your life, you can actually start to make decisions, which is the next one. And you make, you know, these small tactical decisions, which are, the everyday decisions for the bigger strategic decisions that are those huge dreams and the huge goals. But those decisions don't come into reality if you don't have emotional control on. Mm. I'll tell you an interesting story. This is a fun story. This is um, while I was going for the Guinness World Record for the most number of half Ironmans in one year, my wife wanted to do a marathon. And it was in Green Bay, Wisconsin, where the Packers are. And we're doing it for this uh, charity called My Team Triumph, which helps uh, individuals who are disabled individuals be able to finish races. So you push them in um, buggies or, or whatever to be able to help them to do something that they never thought they could do. And I was doing it in gear and I was pushing this uh, young man named Jacob. So here I am, you know, we're about a mile from the finish line and uh, I'm pushing Jacob. And along the way, there's been some police officers that were doing it in their uniforms, not as impressive lot lighter um but <laughs> uh one of them had fallen behind and i was like cut just you know just come along with me so here i am beautiful picture about a mile from the finish line there's a police officer full uniform me and my fire gear full uniform we're pushing jacob in a in like a, a stroller down a street and this lady's running on the street going where have you been where have you been and i'm sitting here going Lady, it's like 90 degrees out. Are you serious? <laughs> Why are you yelling at me? And as she gets closer, she goes, where have you been? I called you an hour ago. And I'm sitting here going, and I, oh my gosh, she called 911. This is how we respond, running <laughs> in our gear. She goes, a squirrel fell out of a tree and broke his leg and he's over there in a shoebox. <laughs> Just sitting here going, what? Are you? And this next part is emotional control. And that's that's where it is. It's like, I, I was like, you know, we could throw the squirrel on Jacob's lap and run away just going, you know, like make her feel good. But instead I pawned it off to the guy behind us. But, you know, the moral of that is like the emotional control that it took to just in that moment, I was stressed, yeah. I was hot, I yeah. was tired. But Jacob got to finish his first marathon ever because wow. we didn't stop and engage in that. So it's that yeah. emotional control. And then you go to resilience, which is built over time. And then you have your faith in yourself over the fears that surround us. And trust me, there are so many fears around us nowadays, but it's having that faith in yourself. And that inevitably builds that mental strength that we're all looking for. And those are the seven catalysts that I looked at my life and I go, God, this is, this is how my life was built. 
This and are we going to be perfect at all those every single time? No. And me speaking on them, I'm not perfect at them. <laughs> but that's something that we have to think about. And I always tell people, I I love living my life knowing that, and it's taken a long time to get here, that I'm okay with being three quarters full. And that's something that's hard to say, but it's at the same time, it's it's good to say because everybody's like, live your life 100% out. And a lot of people, that's not, that's not capable. That's not possible. And so um, just being able to go out there and that's kind of why I bid my foundation, the Fireman Rob Foundation, is we deliver teddy bears across the globe um, to children's hospitals. And the whole premise behind it is the acronym SMILE. Simple moments impact lives every day. And it's so true because, yeah, like you know, it's little things create greater things. Everybody always thinks you have to have a grand gesture. It's like when I broke the world record for 23 half Ironmans in one year, I didn't do them all at one time. (laughs) And I didn't finish all of all the ones. I did 26, but three of them didn't count. So you have to take little chunks and you have to Mm -hmm. engage in those moments because otherwise the bigger picture really isn't as valuable as it is. That's incredible. 23. 23 half Trust hours. me, I look at that thing and I go, I don't, I don't even know if that was me. <laughs> <laughs> who was that masked man who did that? Who was that? <laughs> and what idea was that that I thought, I mean, yeah, it was crazy. I've been reading um, Anti-Fragile, which is obviously oh, yes. one's talking about at the moment, and that idea that the stresses and the strains of life actually make you stronger and more resilient. And understanding that is is a powerful powerful change in mindset have you found that yourself in the work that you do oh uh, by far and i think the hardest part is for the the mind frame and that's i deal out with people and um corporations and stuff like that with resilient mindsets is understanding how to reframe your mind because our minds right now are, are meant to thrive on negatives I mean, I, a lot of people don't understand it, but it's like, we thrive on, oh my God, did you hear what Nancy was doing over at the water cooler the other day? You know, we thrive on those. It's, that's where mindset goes. And especially in the fire service, we have so much baggage that we take along with us um, home every single day after we go home from traumatic calls to just, you know, not feeling like yourself mm. to things that, you know, getting injured. And being able to reframe those little um, downfalls, those challenges, those dark moments, being able to reframe those into something that's not like, you know, yay, hoorah, positive, but something that's like, I can get through this. And from this challenge, I can get stronger. It takes time. And it takes being able to, like I said before, being okay with three quarters full being okay with not being perfect because nobody is. If you are, mm. let me know because I want to live in that bubble. <laughs> I think that idea of being three quarters full and giving yourself permission to not be perfect is is a great uh, awakening that people can have. Also to understand that, you know, if you are three quarters full, then you actually have that opportunity to be refilling 
all of the time and looking for moments with family, friends, loved ones, learning opportunities, even like we're saying, challenges to keep topping up the tank so that when you keep topping up the tank, you actually have more that you can give out. You become you become um, like a hose rather than being a cup where things sit, things actually flow through you. It's um, It's a good mindset to have, I think. I love that you, you put it you put it perfectly because it's the more that you can be um, full, the more that you can maybe if you're not full, but you you come across as being full because of your attitude, because of what you're exuding to other people, the more that you can almost be like you're saying, you could be that fuel to help somebody else to get to that three quarters or help somebody else get to that one half, whatever they are. Um, and how powerful is that if a community could mm. do that for each other that's you know we're still working on it and there's there's a lot of people i mean i think there's more people that are good than are bad and there's more people that want to help than don't um and they do it in the way that they know best and that's um just living their lives and i think that's something that we have to always come back to is mm. um the, the positives in life are sometimes very quiet and we have to kind of silence our own mind to to hear that positive sometimes. The catalyst that you mentioned before, the seven catalysts, is that part of the forged and fires mindset? Yes, it is. It is. And you know, it's the best the best part of those seven catalysts is I love people to take ownership of of them because it's like I didn't create those words. <laughs> those things have been around forever. I just put them to uh, aspects or put them to like stories in my life and and saw that all of them really combined together very well to to go, hey, if I, if I have a good day, this is this kind of makes sense that you know if I know where I'm going that purpose, that's that's a huge thing because our strengths individually are from those unique purposes, from those unique talents and lessons that we have. And ownership, which is probably one of the least utilized things in this world because it's owning your actions, inactions, your words, your quotes, your whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. And for me, like for the longest time, I never, I didn't own that I had PTSD because I didn't want to have that label. Right. And it's, it's scary, it's sad because you don't want to, I didn't want to be, feel like I was a lesser person. Um, but at the same mm. point, you're not, <laughs> it's just being, mm. this is who I am and I need to be the best of who I am. I was reading also, um, learned optimism by Martin um, Seligman and talking about, I get the notion of, um, ownership for everything and the yes. difference between pessimism and optimism and the way that we think and the way that we frame things. Yeah. And um, I was watching one of your talks on the website and you were speaking about the baby blanket yes. and how what became a reminder became a burden. Can you share with us about that? Yeah. So the last day I was on September 11th, um, it was a, it was, <laughs> so, you know, it's been way a long time since then, but it's still one of those things that sticks in your mind. And um, mm. Last day I was there uh, as I was walking off the pile um, down in one of the crevices between the concrete slabs was uh, um, a baby blanket that I could see. And I went down there and got it. Um, I had a ladder belt on me, a rope tied onto me. And I, I grabbed onto it and I took it with me um, and I kept it with me for, the, for forever. I mean, it was 
the reminder of like, you need to live every single day. You, you need to make sure that you're not missing out on opportunities. And mm. I took it on all my races. I took it, you know, everywhere that I went. And then I was on um, a show where we were doing survival. And as we were sitting by the fire, I was sitting with two other um, veterans and we were hungry, we were tired, but we were talking about different things. One of the guys had lost 22 of his um, soldiers, not in battle, but to suicide. And he's sitting there and I had my baby blanket out and I was looking at it and he goes, throw it in the fire. And I'm like, what? He's like, throw it in the fire. And I looked at him and I looked at the blanket and it was that realization of like, I was holding on to something that was not really bringing me up. It was, it was holding Mm. me down. And like the whole time it was something that was internal inside me that, that drive to, to live. That was actually the fundamental catalyst that I needed. And I threw it in the fire and it was, it was one of those things that you just, you can go through your whole life thinking that this is my purpose or this is what I need to drive myself forward and not realize that it's actually dragging you down. And that's a, that's a hard realization. And it, for me, it was a hard realization. That was, you know, God, I 15, 17 years I've had that as my, as wow. my rock and uh, figured out that it wasn't my rock. I was, I was the rock. <laughs> mm. Yeah, there's those different seasons where things that were once so important and gave us the the impetus, the motivation, the you know the the goal or something to move us forward in a different season. It's not that anymore. It's right. time to let that go. That can be very hard to do though. There's all those emotions and things that you've built into your psyche. Do yeah. you sometimes reflect back and go, oh, "Why did I throw it in the fire?" I, you know, I do. Um... I do because you feel like you lose your identity, you know? And I think that's the hard thing too, is like uh, um, the hardest, one of the hardest things with 9-11 was um, I have three children. And the day that my eldest daughter brought home a history book and 9-11 was in the history book, in print, in this big book. And then... can't i've always tried to describe what i felt that day but it was it was almost a feeling of like sorrow like like oh my god i was part of like a terrible day in history and now i'm going to be remembered as this person and the same thing went with like that, that blanket is that i was carrying that blanket as as a positive for me like okay go ahead but at the same point, I couldn't even talk about 9-11 for the longest time. <laughs> so it was it was kind of one of those counterproductive things. It's like, hey, I've got a positive on this hand, but you want to ask me about it? I'm not going to tell you anything. It's you have to adjust your life. And like you said, you know, throwing that blanket in the fire was um, it was like throwing a part of me away and saying, OK, will anybody remember that? 
I think people must really benefit from hearing you talk about these very, very difficult, traumatic, um, impacting experiences and how you've had to reframe them in different ways over time and how you see them at certain moments in time as positive. And then you need to reframe that to maintain that purpose and that direction that you have. I'm just wondering if you've got um, any events coming up where people could join you. Oh, well, you know, I've, this is the fun part is actually I'm, I'm putting together um, uh, a whole academy of all of this stuff, all of the seven catalysts, as well as a bunch of different catalysts that people can go online and get uh, become a part of this membership. And then I'm going to actually have seminars that I'll do online and in person. Um, this all should be coming down in the summer. And it's, it's going to be fun because it's going to be uh, the ability for people to do a lot of self-reflection because that's really where it comes down to is like, I can give you um, all the tools in the world, right? But if you don't know what you're working on, those tools are just gonna remain in that toolbox. Mm. And for me, it's so powerful to see people engage after I'm able to do a speech. Um, and I, I gave a speech to the ATF one time and I had somebody come up who um, really resonated with one piece. and that's the one thing that's hard for speakers and i am sure speakers would know if they're like the first time you go up you're like oh i gotta make sure everybody likes this i gotta make sure everybody feels impacted because you know you have one person who's fallen asleep or another person who is like staring off into space and you're, <laughs> and you're sitting up there going oh my god i'm boring <laughs> but realistically i you know you come to that point of going if one person in that audience can take one thing and change mm something in their life mm. that's gonna reciprocate throughout that that their community their networks and all those things and i don't need to feel that impact because every time i speak i get nervous not because i i have i don't know how to speak but it's i get nervous because i am putting myself out there for other people mm. and it's not easy you know I, I don't always tell the same stories. Sometimes I go deeper into stories that I didn't think I was going to go into. So, you know, the best way for people to connect with me, you know, I'm very, I'm an open book. I, you know, they can go to my LinkedIn page. They can send me a, an email um, on my LinkedIn. They can go to my website, firemanrob.com. There's going to be a lot of great things that are going to be coming out that I wanted to make sure that people are interactive. They don't have to just come to a speech. They can actually do it at home in the in the comfort of their bedrooms or in their office or wherever they want to do and and really develop themselves into who they're supposed to be, not just be mm. somebody that else, somebody else is telling you that hey this is as much as you can do. Um, this people have more potential than they ever could fathom. Mm. I think people need to hear that. You know, we've got a lot of people coming back from, you know, the military being yes. repurposed and moved around. And then we've got the people that have been through COVID and they've been the first responders or they've been the health professionals. And normally when you have an emergency, you would go in, you'd get it done, and then you'd move away in civil defense or local authorities would take it over. Yeah. But it's been two years of go, 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 go nonstop. And your experience with PTSD, I'm sure there's something similar, which is ongoing and pervasive for many people. I think the work that you're doing is really, really important. So I do want to acknowledge that and thank you for that. And 
for those who are seeing the recording, you can see the uh, websites below going at the bottom of the screen there. I'd really encourage you to reach out to Rob, who's a real person who's been through real experiences and gives real strategies who can create some real changes in your life and particularly reframing. So Rob, really want to thank you for being with us and giving us your time this morning and sharing some of the experiences that you've been through and how you reframe those and help other people. The work that you're doing is really, really meaningful. I greatly appreciate it. And I greatly appreciate you doing this because there needs to be more people like you that are um, putting things out there too. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Please don't go anywhere. I want to have a quick chat with you after we wrap up. And for those that are watching the recording um, on whatever platform it may be, it might be on LinkedIn, could be on YouTube, could be on Facebook, could be on Twitter, could be on Twitch, any of the different platforms where you put this out there. If you're a veteran or you have um, the ability to access VA funding, our programs are approved by the VA with the 9-11 bill and the GI bill. So do reach out to us if you have not got a bachelor degree or a master's. We'd love you to make sure that you can meet your career goals, your life goals, and move things forward and earn what you really want to and open those doors that may have been closed to you in the past. So do reach out to us, uard.university. We look forward to seeing you again. And you can see at the bottom of the screen, of course, reach out to Rob and engage with him. And we look forward to seeing you again on the next episode. 